Diva and your coach Kiana. Welcome to Diva on the Block, where we take you to the back streets of this whole blockchain, Bitcoin and crypto shenanigans to help you get a better understanding of what really is going on and how you can take advantage of it. Today, I'm super excited to have no one other than John McAfee, the guy who invented your computer's antivirus, who's now somewhere in Eastern Europe in a Faraday cage blocking communications from the IRS as he's on the run from the US government. At the same time, he's also running for the president of the United States. And if all this doesn't pique your interest, he's also told the world that he will eat his own genitalia on national TV if Bitcoin prices don't reach $1 million by the end of 2020. In today's episode, we discuss where in the world Mr. McAfee is right now and why. Why he thinks Bitcoin will reach $1 million by the end of 2020. How the US can survive without any income taxes paid by the citizens. And what's the best cryptocurrency? I had a ton of fun interviewing Mr. McAfee and I hope you'll love it. Let's rock the block. Hey, what's up everyone? It's Invest Diva and your coach Kiana. Welcome to Diva on the Block where we take you to the back streets of this whole blockchain, Bitcoin and crypto shenanigans to help you get a better understanding of what really is going on and how you can take advantage of it. Today, I'm super excited to have no other than John McAfee, the guy who invented your computer antivirus, who's now in Lithuania in a Faraday cage blocking communications from the IRS and is on the run from the US government. At the same time, he's also running for the president of the United States. So if all that doesn't pique your interest, he's also told the world that he will eat his own genitalia on national TV if Bitcoin prices don't reach $1 million by the end of 2020. Welcome, John. Well, thank you very much. Uh, I will eat my genitalia if, if a news agency will actually broadcast. <laughs> we are, we are, I mean, there is literally a website called dickering.com that is counting down the days until yes. December 31st. That is, if Bitcoin hasn't reached $1 million, uh, December 31st, 2020, you will consume uh, your genitalia. So, does that scare you at all? No, not at all. Uh, it's a bet I cannot lose. Uh, it's a mathematical certainty. I mean, if anybody who can add, subtract, multiply, and divide can figure it out. <coughs> well, so, Bitcoin is up. And to I'm me. not alone. These a couple, a couple of other people, a couple of other people have jumped on that bag, bandwagon in the past month or so. Um, but no, I'm not remotely afraid. It it, uh, it cannot be less than a million dollars. So I'm not worried. And we can all agree that you actually like your genitalia. It's not like you want to get rid of it. So it's not like something that you don't care about. Well, I, I'm very good friends with my genitalia and <laughs> I would not want to lose a good friend. <laughs> so, um, so, I mean, let's get to the point. Tell us where you are right now and what's happening. Well, you know, I, I, I can't tell you where I am right now. That's the whole point of, of this uh, communications. Or uh, I, I didn't I mean. get that. All right, well, I happened, thought it can be smooth. <laughs> as to what happened, when do you want me to begin? I mean, it, it's a, it's a story stretching back many years. Uh, let, let's begin with, with uh, my uh, beginning to talk about um, cryptocurrency 
openly on the stage. Uh, I've keynoted most major conferences uh, in blockchain and crypto uh, and talk about the same thing, that uh, cryptocurrency, not just Bitcoin, uh, but many different cryptocurrencies, uh, can free the individual from the control of governments and fiat currencies. Uh, I start by explaining how currency is, is the financial controller of all things, and finances control the rest of your life. And without currency, without the U.S. dollar or the British pound or whatever the currency is that's accepted, uh, you can't send your children to school, can't pay the rent, can't buy food and clothes, can't get a car, can't take a bus, you can't get medical attention. Currency is fundamental to every part of our lives. Uh, and the way that currency operates, the governmental or even in the, in the states, it's a private organization called the Fed um, that can control the supply, uh, that can monitor how it moves and, and who is doing what with it, uh, then we're slaves to that system. Um, and cryptocurrency allows us to free ourselves from a central controlled currency. It's a currency that is trustless and decentralized so that no one controls it. And we are therefore free from that. Now, people have been saying that for years. In addition to that, I started talking about some of my pet peeves like income taxes, uh, which are constitutionally, at least in America, illegal. Uh, and until 1913, we had no income taxes. Now, this is a libertarian stance. I'm a libertarian. So I stopped paying income taxes eight years ago. The government ignored it. I've paid over $100 million in taxes in my life. I think I probably paid enough uh, until I started saying that cryptocurrency is a way to avoid income taxes. It's a way to avoid governmental monitoring and control uh, and on and on. Well, at that point, it, the U.S. government started getting pissed off. Uh, in January, on the 22nd of this year, they convened a grand jury uh, to indict my wife, myself, uh, four of my campaign workers on unspecified IRS charges. I chose not to play that game and took my wife uh, and our yacht and sailed the Caribbean. Uh, went to the Bahamas, um, where they have no income tax and therefore I could not be extradited. My international law says that the crime that they want you for has to be a crime in the country that you're residing in. Bahamas has no income tax, therefore not paying it is not a crime. <laughs> um, the, the U.S. government, very, in a very underhanded way, not just the government, it's the Justice Department in hands with the CIA. And I have many friends within the CIA. I, I, I generally know in advance what's going to be happening. Um, went to the Bahamian government with a list of ridiculous charges and murder and uh, let's see, there was uh, racketeering, money laundering, and on and on, that I would, they would have to extradite me for um, under the plan that once they got me to the States, they would drop those charges and then proceed with the IRS charges. I didn't play that game, went to Cuba. Long story, um, uh, the U.S. went to Cuba, went to, the, went to the government again, even though we have no international relations with Cuba formally. Uh, Cuba is only 90 miles from the coast of the most powerful country in the world. Uh, the U.S. demanded I be returned, but I had been there for, oh, a couple of months and had been very friendly with the Cuban people. I had been uh, tweeting 
uh, very positive things about uh, the Cuban people and, and all the lies that uh, the U.S. tells about them. So instead of turning me over, they, at, at one time, 10 o'clock in the morning, uh, two uh, officers came, handed me a slip of paper saying, be at this address at 3 o'clock. Uh, Janice and I went. A long story short, a, a, a general came in into a nice sitting room um, with a translator, uh, very pleasant. He said, we know you are a friend of Cuba, Mr. McAfee, um, but you must leave, leave this country within 72 hours. <laughs> so that was a shock. Uh, so we left the country. And we went straight to the Dominican Republic. Um, when we arrived, we were surrounded by soldiers with, with automatic weapons that stormed the boat. Uh, and claimed that we had brought the guns into the country illegally, which is nonsense. Every, every yacht has guns on board. You declare them to customs, like in the Bahamas. Uh, they let you keep the guns on the boat, uh, give you a slip of paper allowing you to keep them on the boat, and tell you don't take them off the boat. In Cuba, we declared them. They took the guns and then gave them back when we left. Countries do one of those two things. They did not allow us to even talk to immigration or customs. We had not officially entered the country. This was another setup by America. The Dominican Republic and the U.S. government are extremely close. Net-net, uh, uh, four days later, after four days of, of detention, and let you know that you don't want to be in jail in the Dominican Republic. I promise you. <laughs> I've been in jails in many places, but nothing quite like the back to the United States. You bet. I, I knew what was happening. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pardon? Uh, you oh, bet, I can this. only imagine. <laughs> well, uh, and fortunately, I, I also am a British citizen, so I whipped out my British passport, which I keep for just such purposes, and said, I'm a British citizen, I wanna go home. They refused. Fortunately, I had hired uh, two lawyers uh, on the second day of our detention. They were with me when I was talking to the immigration guy trying to deport me to the U.S. So they filed a brief with the Dominican um, courts. Thank God Dominican Republic has a real judicial system. Many third world countries do not, but the Dominican Republic does. As soon as they filed that brief, then my lawyers came and said, we need two hours. Can you stall? <laughs> I go, and they're just about to put us on a plane. And I go, yeah, I've got this. Uh, I immediately fell over on my face and went into convulsions. I just, it was a pretense, of course. Um, and uh, the net net was they had to put me in a hospital. Uh, they, the hospital is just a few minutes away. Um, Janice, they, they took Janice. Instead of putting her on the plane, they now brought her back with me because now they're they're starting to get a little bit nervous. What happens if I die there in the Dominican Republic and there's an investigation and they find out that Dominican Republic had done an extraordinarily illegal act. Uh, so things turn much better. Uh, two hours later, almost to the, to, the, to the minute, Janice is with me in the hospital. The lawyers came in, leaned over and whispered, you must act well now, Mr. McAfee. Everything is done. <laughs> so they had, they, they had filed the brief. Um, net net is they sent us back to England, even though we hadn't been there for a long time. Um, England was not a safe place for me because England and the U.S. are on the best of terms. Thank God we arrived on a Saturday morning, which is a weekend. 
nobody can push paperwork through a government agency on a weekend. Please try it sometime. Um, so we stayed for 15 hours um, and to, to make sure that um, they didn't do something illegal like have a SEAL team break into our room and kidnap us. Uh, we had fans from London sleeping on the floor of our hotel room that night. Then we left early the next morning to an undisclosed location in Eastern Europe, which is a huge part of the world and will not tell you where. That's the story. God, I'm sorry. So, so no, that is obviously fascinating. And there are multiple points that I want to get to one by one before we even get to the next topic. So first of all, <laughs> let's go back to the point that you were saying about mentioning about taxes and that you're a libertarian and you believe that uh, Bitcoin is a way to avoid taxes and you don't want to pay taxes. So how would a government run without taxes? Because I mean, all the infrastructure, I mean, the government, as much as you hate them, they still do some good okay. in the world. Uh, people ask that question a lot. Most people do not realize that America had no income taxes prior to 1913. We got along just fine. Many countries in the world have no income taxes. There are thousands of ways to fund a government. And right. again, if you have, if you have resources, for example, yeah, that's true. For example, Iran is where I'm from. They don't have income, income taxes. actually against Sharia law, I believe. Uh, to have that and if you have oil if you have resources natural resources and through important exports you probably can get away with it but what if we run out run, run out of resources well look, we didn't we didn't have those resources prior to 1913 i mean they weren't even developed until much later um no listen there are thousands of ways to fund the government what if for example you charge people 10 cents a mile to use the roads that is People who don't use the roads don't have to pay. The people who do, do. Do you realize how many trillions of miles a year are driven in America? That would more than fund this fucking government. Please, everybody, people are not thinking properly. How did we exist prior to 1913? We had none, no taxes, and we were a thriving country. We've, we helped win World War I. You don't need them, period. It's obvious. We didn't have them. So what happened? In 1913, we suddenly needed them? No. People got greedy within the government. That's all. Okay, so let's get to the next question. And that was actually the fact that you mentioned you're British. Uh, you have a British passport. And you are now running for the U.S. president. Can you, as somebody who has not been born in the U.S., actually run? I was born in the U.S. on an army base in England. Oh, okay. Look up the wall. My father, was a, my father was a British soldier in World War II. I was born on an army base. That makes me born on U.S. soil. It also makes me born in England. So I'm both British and American. Well, so that is something that not everybody has, is luxurious enough to have. It. That's, that's, that's a fair point. So now I know a lot of people are watching right now and saying, okay, so he's running for president, this and that. And I'm sure you get this question a lot. What do you say to, this, to the people who are watching right now and don't believe the story that you just told me and who say that this is just a publicity stunt? <laughs> they can believe what they want. I mean, the Dominican Republic published their own news account of our uh, arrest and jailing. I mean, I couldn't have made that up. Um, please God, which part did I make up? I don't know. I do have a British passport. I'm here in England. 
<laughs> For those people who say that, I'd say, please wake the fuck up and get a clue. Or I don't give a shit one way or the other. That's fair enough. Well, so let's get to another, a little bit lighter stuff that I was really excited to talk to you about. So you started your career. Let's go like all the way back. You started your career at NASA, which is where I dreamed of working at when I was a little girl. And then you moved on to Lockheed Martin, which is where my husband right now works. And then you moved to found McAfee Associates, the computer antivirus company, where, funnily enough, I actually applied to get a job at when I graduated uh, university in, in Japan, in Tokyo. I graduated from electrical engineering. I didn't get that job, but um, so that was kind of interesting. And now you're big, a big Bitcoin, Bitcoin maximalist. So in a very weird way, we're kind of connected. But again, I don't think I'll ever promise the world that I'm going to eat my genitalia if none of my predictions come true. Um, so... My question right now is that what, as a U.S. president, like you have all this back, you're an engineer at heart, and now you've gotten yourself into something incredibly adventurous that people are finding shocking. Why are you running for the U.S. president? Well, first of all, no one in their right mind could believe that I could ever be the president. I certainly know I can't. Uh, nobody who's not a Republican or Democrat can be the U.S. president. This is pretty fucking clear. I don't want the job. I wouldn't take the job if you gave me $100 million. I'm running for it because, number one, I can. And number two, it gives me access to the national stage, which it did in 2016. I ran in 2016 on the Libertarian Party. Got access to the national stage. That's all I wanted. That's all I want now. I want to be able to tell what I think is wrong with our country, with the laziness of the people, with the corruption of the Justice Department, the SEC, the CIA, with the rampant division that the two-party system has created. Right down the middle, we hate each other. The right hates the left, the left hates the right. A house divided can't fucking stand. That's what I wanna say. So here's something interesting that I noticed the other day, and you couldn't be more correct about the division. I think everybody can agree on that. That is the one thing everybody can agree on, that we hate each other. And I was looking at Bitcoin, and to me there were some arguments that I feel like both the left and the right can relate to. And kind of Bitcoin could actually bring the Republicans and the Democrats together. Would you agree with that? No, absolutely not. Money can't bring them together. Drugs, uh, all the women or men in the world, all the power in the world will not bring them together. Do you understand? They are at war. And they're at war not over a thing like Bitcoin or not over a simple principle like gun control or, or socialism or what have you. They're at war over an ideological concept that's been created by party leadership over the past 50 fucking years. No, it's not gonna bring them together. And it's not just Bitcoin. Bitcoin is just one of thousands of, of cryptocurrencies. And it's certainly not the best for, for any, in any respect. It's simply the grandfather, the store of value, the one that will never go away. It's the gold that you put into your vault. Uh, but there are so many cryptocurrencies that actually have a fundamental use beyond merely an exchange for goods and services. So no, it's, it, I, I don't know who said that. I don't know what they're smoking. 
Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. It's because the reason why I said that is because there were things. So, for example, Bitcoin, the ideology behind Bitcoin is banking the unbanked and underbanked. And that is something that could relate to the Democrats. And then at the same time, uh, Bitcoin, for example, the Republicans who are pro-gun, let's say, and I know that you are as well, but you don't identify with Republicans, um, they, uh, Bitcoin can relate to them because it is also something that can free them from the government. Republicans are very passionate about kind of being free from the government. That's the reason why they want to have guns. So I thought Bitcoin is something that gives them that kind of freedom that they can go behind the government and do something. So that's the reason why I thought it has attributes that it's not the same attributes there, but there are elements of Bitcoin that can relate to both Republicans and Democrats. Well, I, I'd say that most Republicans, the men are very fond of women and the women probably are fond of men and the same with the Democrats. That hasn't brought them together. It means fuck <laughs> I'm just saying, no, it means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. And, the, and the, the fundamental thing is both parties and the government itself don't like Bitcoin. Why? For the simple reason that it is a threat to the structure of government and the structure of our society. So I don't think that's going to work. It might. It might. But if all Republican and Democrat men love women, and probably the same women in some cases, that hasn't brought them together. So... Uh, you mentioned that, of course, Bitcoin is not the best cryptocurrency, but it is the, big, the biggest one. It is the leader in the field, and that's why it could remain in the field. But we can also remember that during the dot-com bubble, there were so many original dot-com companies. And even like in the case of, let's say, MySpace and Facebook, MySpace was the leader in the industry, and then Facebook came on and completely took over it. Aren't you afraid that Bitcoin can be myspace uh, if something better that actually did catch on came along? Well, yeah, I just, I, I said that to begin with, that there are better things and they will replace it. They will replace it for functions. There are medical coins, okay, Docademic, doc.com. They have an app. Um, they have two pieces. One is for medical assistance. The other is for emotional assistance. If you, have, if you, if you cut your hand or you think you broke your arm, you press the red button, a doctor pops on the screen and says, what's your problem? And you, you show them, and the doctor says, oh, I don't think that's broken, but you want to, why don't you get it x-rayed tomorrow? Or he goes, oh, I think that is broken. You better go get something done right now. The blue one, let's say you go home, and your spouse has run off with your, uh, with your neighbor, taking the dogs, the car, the money, and you've got nothing, and you're going to throw yourself off the San Francisco Bay Bridge, and you're standing on the bridge, and remember, oh, shit, that blue button, and you press it, a psychologist instantly pops on. First time it's free in any case. You don't even need the goddamn coins. Push the button. Psychologist comes on. What's the problem? Oh, my wife, she left me. The, why don't you step off the bridge and let's discuss it for a minute. Now, Bitcoin can't do that shit. Okay, I'm sorry. That's a medical coin. There are many of those. Uh, there are privacy coins like Monero, uh, Apollo, um, that when you do a transaction, no one can see anything about it. They can't see who you are, where you are, who you're doing business with, or what it was about. With Bitcoin, if you send me a Bitcoin, or I send you one, forever after, I can look in your wallet and see exactly how much you have, 
Exactly. That's a very in incredible misconception that people have actually about Bitcoin, that they think Bitcoin is anonymous while it actually isn't. So, but meanwhile, at the same time, you still believe that Bitcoin will reach $1 million before Absolutely. it is going to be replaced. <coughs> yes, because it is the store of value. End of story. All right. And there's, only, mm -hmm. there's only 21 million coins, 7 million of which have been lost already. Run the numbers, please, God. Yes, it'll have $3 million. So now that we talked about so many different, there are 2,000 other cryptocurrencies out there. And this is a question that I ask everybody who joins the show. Besides, well, actually, including Bitcoin, what is your most favorite cryptocurrency? I don't have a favorite. I mean, it depends on what you want to use it for. Um, for example, if I were going to be traveling from America, it's going around the world for a year. You're not going to take all of that cash and maybe... And many countries don't take your credit cards. Um, there, there are coins called stable coins, like DAI, that never vary more than 1% from the U.S. dollar. And that's done through a very sophisticated mathematical formula within the smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, so I would take that. I wouldn't have to worry about Bitcoin going up or down. I'd have the, the equivalent of U.S. dollars, except I could spend it just like Bitcoin. Uh, if I wanted a privacy coin, like I, I didn't want people knowing about this financial transaction or the other, which is our fundamental right, by the way, I would use something like uh, Apollo or Monero. Um, you know, the, every single coin has a unique purpose and a unique function, so it depends on the function. If I was having, I mean, if I was having emotional problems and about to throw myself off a bridge, by the way, if that happens, it didn't happen. I was thrown off, believe me. <laughs> if, if I had those problems, I'd pull out the Docademic Act, hit the blue button, talk to a psychiatrist for a while. So it depends. That, so um, how about investing? I believe that you probably have invested, having predicted that it's going to go up to $1 million. How many Bitcoins do you have, if you can declare? I don't have any. I don't own anything, literally. Everything in my life is owned by other people, literally. I live off the kindness of friends. End of story. If I were to invest something, I would invest in one of the altcoins like XTZ. Um, profound potential in that coin. Um, there are hundreds. I mean, I'm not here to give financial advice, so let's move on past that. So how, what do you think about Facebook's Libra? Do you think that they're trying to become a monopoly? <laughs> they can't become a monopoly. Do you understand? The value, the value of a cryptocurrency is its distributed nature. And the fact that you have control over it. Um, the fact that Facebook now has something big, who cares? All those people who want to invest in that or want to buy that or use that may. I'm not going to. And, and the smart people within the crypto community are not either. We all see it for what it is. It's, it's nothing more than Facebook trying to gain more financial control. Well, they won't. It's kind of like the U.S. government going, listen, marijuana, it's illegal. You may not have it, but you have other things. Drink. Drink booze. Well, I don't want to drink booze. I'd rather smoke weed, if, if that's your thing. Um, th did that stop people from smoking weed? Please, God. People do what they want to do. In the privacy of their homes, you can't stop them. I'm sorry. Right. So, and, and the Libra definitely, in my opinion, also takes away from the ideology of what the cryptocurrency really should be. So, John, what is next for you? I know that you are in a... In a uh, state right now that you really don't feel like the world owes you anything and 
you, you feel like you're freed really from anything monetary. Um, so what is the purpose of your life? Let's get a little bit philosophical here. I have children and grandchildren. And many people out there listening have children or, and or grandchildren. Um, please God, life is not about you, not about me. It's about our progeny. It's about the future. It's about what we give to the world we leave behind. And that world is the world we give to our children. If you love your children, and everybody does, or most people do, then good God almighty, what else is there than to work for a better world for your children? I don't know. I don't know any other answer. And that's the reason why you are getting, uh, you're running for president so that you get the, your thoughts out to the world so that you make the world a better place. I hope so. Well, that's a great way to end. <laughs> but um, thank you so much, John. I know that you are just, I mean, it's just <clears throat> what you're going through. And um, it's just really inspiring the way that you think and the way that you're sharp, even though you're in a Faraday cage somewhere in the Eastern European. But um, this is just a communication center, by the way. Janice and I come in here when we need to communicate, when I need to do videos, uh, Twitter or something. There's a world outside this cage, which is beautiful uh, and just as free as we are here. But people go, God, you hold up in a cage now. This is a communication room. If you go into a garage to do some work, are you holed up in the garage? No. I'm glad to hear that because I was kind of worried. I'm like, okay, what's going to happen to you if you're just sitting in that cage? That's great. Um, so is there anything else that you want to add? Yes. I'd like everybody out there, everyone, to do only what you love and nothing else. If we all did that, there would be no problems in this world. Thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much, John. And thank you so much, everyone, for watching today. And see you again on Diva on the Block. All right. Before, all right, I, let thank you, you. before I let you go, I always ask everyone, can you, um, we want this show to be lighthearted. Can you please make a silly face to go for the thumbnail? <laughs> a silly face. I make silly faces all the time. It can be water, whatever. It can be any. There it is. All right. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. Thank you so much, Jana. Thank you, Janice, for coordinating. You're welcome. We'll tweet this and uh, hopefully um, you'll see that we're probably going to have this up by tomorrow. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. Just have leave a great it. Day. All right. Bye bye. Bye.